Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the hottest podcast in the Mideast of Johnson City, Tennessee. The Brain Trust Fantasy Podcast. I got my boy, the $254 man, David the Yeti Winter. Hello. Welcome to the podcast, David. Hey, thanks for having me. What do you think about that intro? Sounds incredible. It's pretty hot, right? Pretty hot. The hottest brain trust fantasy intros I've ever heard. That's what I thought. Better than Matt's, I think. I think silence would be better than Matt's. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's get into the matchups. Uh, I'm beating Charlie by like 100 points. What do you think about this matchup? Uh, I think uh, you pretty much just just said what I thought about the matchups. You beating by 100 points? Yeah, there's no way I can lose, yeah? But, I mean, I suppose anything is possible. There's no way I can lose. All right, moving on. Ron versus Matt. Um, I'm totally rooting for Ron. I do not want to face Matt in the playoffs. Um, Matt already got 24 from his defense. What a fuck. What a fuck. An absolute fuck. They only got three points against. New England only scored three points against the Rams. Are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, New England's terrible. You know, Cam, I saw it last night, Thursday night, that Cam has only thrown five touchdowns this year. Yeah, I saw that stat. He was like five touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And I think he saw, I think he threw two interceptions <laughs> that game. So he's five for 13. Yeah, like that's that's super embarrassing. Yeah, he's pretty bad. Pretty bad uh, yeah i said it in one of my texts the other day like cam is might not be entirely his fault but he uh is terrible it feels like even though he's like the only one scoring on that team he's also the reason they're not scoring anywhere else be cam's fault he's got the best head coach in the nfl why is yeah, it not? it's probably his fault then well, uh, why is I mean, it not, why is it not his fault? Is what I'm asking. I mean, people are. I mean, they're still making the plays. You know what I mean? He he has like 19 pass attempts a game. It's not like it's not like he's passing 45 times a game and only has five touchdowns. You know? Yeah, I did see that stat where New England has only had like. Did you see that stat where it it showed their draft picks from like 2010? Wide receivers, I believe, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wide receiver draft picks. Uh, they're they're all awful, all awful. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't, I don't think Cam is as bad as he is right now. Like actually, but I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty terrible. It's weird because they just destroyed. The Chargers, 45 to nothing. And he looked amazing. That's just football. So one of these games, I think the Jets, the Jets played like the Rams, Browns, Patriots, and 
something else, they they could still, even though they're terrible, they could still just beat the Rams, uh, nine and fourteen. You know. What are you talking about, the Jets? Uh, I'm saying any given Sunday for any team. They're all in the NFL. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you lost me there, I think. Uh, so Ron versus Matt. Eh? Ron versus Matt. Eh? Let me look at. Um, let me look at the matchup here. So Matt's up by twenty, right? Yeah, Matt's up by twenty. He's he projected. He's projected to beat Ron by about eighty. I'm not really sure what's going on here. Oh, I mean, the Rams getting twenty four points is way more important than Cooper Cup getting fourteen. But they both started out all right. How is Matt going to score eighty more points? He's only up by twenty. Yeah, I don't know. James Robinson playing Tennessee is kind of a bad matchup. Derrick Henry's playing Jacksonville. It's a good matchup. He has Devontae Parker, which seems hit or miss. Devontae Adams, obviously good. DK Metcalf against the Jets. Although a good matchup, I hate matchups like that if I was Matt. Because you just know that Seattle is more than likely to like just go up 21 nothing in like the first quarter and then just not really throw the rest of the game. Yeah, isn't that the case... Uh, with Devontae Adams versus Detroit as well? Well, Detroit's not as bad as the Jets. I think Detroit could actually like have a game. Even though I was just saying any given Sunday for the Jets, they are Owen. So I think it's more likely that... I think it's possible that DK Metcalf could have like a zero-point week, which is, which is... which sucks in the playoffs. Like, it's too easy of a matchup, you know? Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think Seattle's going to come out guns a-blazing. They're going to want to, like, show their, you know. I hear you. I just think that it, uh, unless DK Metcalf scores one of those first two or three touchdowns, then he's kind of screwed. Yeah, it could happen. I would almost start Claypool over Devon, or DK Metcalf. Matt's winning. He just needs to, like, score points to stay ahead. He doesn't need, like, not that Metcalf is boomer bust, but he seems like a boomer bust kind of play this week. I would play Chase I would play Chase Claypool. We've all seen the <laughs> Buffalo defense. I bet you Chase Claypool, if you ran a simulation, would get 10 points more often than DK Metcalf would. I don't think you can bench DK Metcalf, like, ever. Under any circumstance this year. Well, he's position rank three. Yeah. Positions have been shallow this year. I mean, DK Metcalf has been a monster. This motherfucker gets like 40 points a week. I did not know that he was position rank three. He's like 20 points above the Montgomery line. I stand by my statement, though. Do you okay. think he should bench DK Metcalf for people? All right. I think that is not the popular play, but I think that's the winning play. 
I think that's a bold prediction. I think we're going to count that as a bold prediction this week. All right. Let me. I'm looking at DK Metcalf's stats for the first time. In the last four weeks, DK Metcalf went two for 28, three for 46, 10 for 177, and five for 80. And like, the Jets is going to be an easier game than all of those. Yeah, those were all good defenses. Yeah, which means he's like still in the game. I don't know. It, I, don't, I don't think you can bench that guy. That's I, I think you can. All right. That's your bold prediction for the week. Um, I think Robert Tanyan, that guy's going to get like, that guy's probably a zero. Well, look at Matt's fucking range of tight ends. Tanyan, Gusecki, and Logan Thomas. I'd play Gusecki. Miami's going to be behind. They're going to have to throw. Yeah. I think uh, I'd play over the other two. Same with Logan Thomas. I think Logan Thomas is a good a good pickup. Um, he he lit it up with Alex Smith last last week, and uh, I think Alex Smith is the type to repeat his performance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where 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 does ESPN come up with these projections? Is it like a person doing these, or do they just like take stats and like average it out? To a I have no, I have no idea to be honest. Um, I've always wondered that because sometimes I think that the projections are like so far off that I don't even know what to make of them. Well, there's times like I want to say Kamara was projected like 27 points one week or something like that. It's like, how you can project a guy 27 points? That's pretty absurd. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think I, I think Matt probably takes this game. But I don't know. Ron has... Ron needs a running back. Ron literally has no running back. This yeah. fucking piece of garbage in the playoffs doesn't even have a running back. It's past Thursday. So, like, waivers already went through. And grinds my gears. Can you still trade in this league? Or is it over? No, I don't think you can trade past yeah, a certain point. Ron definitely misses opportunity. He should have traded one of his bench wide receivers for a running back, but he did not. Or, uh, I don't know, should have picked one up on waivers this week. What the fuck is he doing? I don't know. I've, mm-hmm. I've worked the same thing. I'm going to text him tomorrow and remind him to put in waivers for somebody he i mean he knows who is he putting in waivers for does he does he know i don't know he's pretty sick with the uh the covid so he says like i said uh, down here that's it's not even a thing having covid it's not even a real thing we're so fucked you're fucked why the world is fucked. Peyton Barber's on waivers. He's projected 11.4. Yeah, that's better than David Johnson, who's projected zero because he's out. There's like eight guys on waivers who are projected eight or more points. He'll probably pick up Fleckerson again. That guy already played, but... <laughs> oh. Well, he won't do that then. 
Ron doesn't pick up anyone. Oh my god. I can't believe we fucking banned Fines this year. I love Fines. How does it feel to be uh, lower than Ron right now? Just the way the cookie crumbles. How does it feel to score less points than somebody who's had six elite receivers all year and has never traded one of them? I think... uh, You trade me one of them. I think fantasy football is like 60% luck. And Ron had a good draft. And he was lucky that most of his players weren't hurt all the time. I don't know what to tell you. I my first round draft pick played fucking like three snaps. Yeah, I think Ron's uh, Ron's draft this year worked out for him. He went all wide receivers. He admitted that to me in like two podcasts ago. He went all wide receivers, and uh, I think it paid off. I think it paid off this. Year. Um, it was in the and- playoffs. It definitely play- paid off. And he got the what the best wide or uh, quarterback quarterback rather in Russell Wilson. That's just one of those luck things. You never know. Uh, the top ten QBs, any one of them could be a the number one quarterback that year, number one kicker, number one defense, whatever. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think only if they rush, if they rush, if they can run yards. And score touchdowns. I think Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, they all could have been number one quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Did we already talk about me versus Charlie? I think we did, right? Yeah. I mean, we didn't talk much about it. Right, Dave versus uh, Ryan Kunt, Kunt, Kuntcharsky. Do I have my accent correct? Yeah, I think I think he has an accent there. Kuntcharsky. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Um, let's see. This guy. This fucking guy. Okay, make her score 22 points on me on Thursday, which is fine. Yeah. Because I'm still winning. You're up by a lot, right? Well, you're up by 20, even after Cam scored 20. So you're up by 40, I'd assume, uh, before this Thursday game happened. Solid math. So you're uh, you're you're in pretty good shape. You're starting Sterling Shepard, who's very questionable in this matchup. Melvin Gordon, who's also very questionable. Dave Montgomery, who's probably the worst RB1 in the league. Um, Aaron Rodgers versus Detroit. That's probably a solid play. I'd like to talk about David Montgomery for a second. You've been shit-talking him. Yeah, Uh, let's go. You get no – I don't even get like a – no, no mention dropping 25 points the last two straight weeks. Go ahead. Yeah, where, where's... I just want you to, to see a little ground here on the David Montgomery talk. He's healthy. He gets all the snaps. He doesn't split with anyone. He gets catches. Yeah, I mean, he's better than Joe Mixon. 
Like he's just a solid. If I had had Barkley all year, Dave Montgomery would be the perfect number two. Yeah, I agree. He's a he's a good number two. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. By the way, that's another reason I spent so much money on running backs week one. I bet you if you look back in the past ten years, the running backs who had great weeks, like twenty plus weeks in week ones, were relevant the whole year. This year, that just happened not to be relevant the whole year. And Barkley went out. Like, I was in dire need of running backs. I yeah. just thought people were going to bid more on them, that's all. I didn't I didn't know people were going to be so cheap with our $300 budget, which is another reason why I bid so much. I thought people were just going to go wild with, like, $50 bids. You probably expected Leah to blow her wad on uh, Naheem Hines, yeah? I think there was a little a little bit of that, yeah. I didn't know anything about Jonathan Taylor. Didn't even know he's a player. And Barkley just got hurt, my number one draft pick. And I think the only other players on my team were like, obviously, David Montgomery. I couldn't even tell you who else at that point. I think I had, who's the backup? Uh, who's the, Tariq Cohen. You know, I just had no one for running back, so I needed to go go get running backs and they just didn't pan out had they panned out i would have been in the playoffs for sure i mean naheem himes i can get behind that all day like i told you earlier this year um philip rivers has a tendency to dump it off to his receivers right like melvin gordon and uh las vegas or wherever the chargers play in the Chargers, like he was amazing, right? Because he would he would catch so many passes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. But Naheem Himes, I was all in on that, and it it just didn't happen. He he doesn't do that for some uh, reason. Yeah, often it was shitty. And the my other player was Malcolm Brown. You ready for a stat line week one? He had 18 carries for 79 yards, two touchdowns, three catches for 31 yards. He had 26 points. And he yeah. never got more than 11 carries the rest of the season. And I think my my point after week one, or whenever you picked him up, was that every other back in that offense had the same amount of catches, the same amount of carries, you know, but he was the one that got the touchdowns. Are you sure about that? Yeah, no. I am. No, okay. Daryl Henderson, week one, had three carries for six yards. And how many catches? Zero. And what was the other guy? Cam Akers, rookie. Week one, had 14 carries for 39 yards, one catch. So I thought I was. it was Malcolm Brown versus the rookie. They'd kind of split, but Malcolm Brown right. was clearly the number one. So I bet you all I'm saying is if you look back the last 10 years, the RBs who get the most carries, get some catches, score a bunch of points, are relevant the whole year. Neither Malcolm Brown or Hines were relevant at all after week one for like the next 12 weeks. I but, think that's like a rare case. But the head coach said straight up front, like right after the right after the game. He was like, This is a three 
running back um, committee, and we're not picking one or the other. Like we're gonna we're gonna fucking run all of them. You know, we're gonna see who's best. He said that literally, and I think I said that in the group chat. Yeah, but I don't care. I don't coaches say things all the time. I don't care what he said. He had 18 carries, and he had three catches. Okay. I don't even care about the touchdowns. He led the team in carries, led the team in snaps, led the team in catches. How how many running backs can you say do that in week one and then are irrelevant for the rest of the season? Uh, uh, very few. Like, none. Like, literally not, not another I one that like, I can think of. I feel like it's more than you think. Yeah, probably. I just, I stand by my decisions. I'll, I'd do it again next year. I'm, that, I'm saying that meme right now. I'll fucking do it again. That goofy meme. Like, I don't think they were bad decisions. Especially with Barkley going out. Maybe I spent too much money on them, but... Let me check I mean, my notes here. You're the $254 man. David Winter. <laughs> I feel like I've never, I've never actually had... Never actually like defended my actions on that, and I really don't think it was that bad of a call. Had those players yeah, panned out yeah. or been even relevant, I'd be in the playoffs because I lost a few games by like ten points this year. I mean, we could say that for any any waiver pickup. Like, had that player panned out, it would have been worth whatever I spent on him. You know? Yeah, I guess. But I was picking these players up off of yeah. good games, not just like speculation. Right, right, right. All right, moving on. DJ Squadron versus uh, Andy the Kraken Lang. Um, I predicted last week in the podcast that Andy would beat DJ by over 100. I I feel like I'm on, on a pretty good um, trajectory for that. Yeah. DJ it disagreed with me. He he said, and I quote, a hundred. I think that's what he said. <laughs> if I'm quoting him correctly, he said a hundred. Well, TJ scored 117 points, and his defense scored 18, and Corey Davis scored 36. So yeah, the rest of the rest of Clyde, TJ's team scored like 50 points. Clyde Edwards-Helaire scored zero points. Zero points. And granted, during the podcast, I don't know if you listened to it, but DJ did say that Clyde Edwards-Hilera was the worst pick of, that he's ever had. Worst pick that he's ever had. I don't think that's true. You're right. You just had a lot of bad picks. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where to start here. He's got one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, I mean, where did he draft DJ Chark? Because this guy's been complete dog shit. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at the draft, which I'm not willing to do. He drafted him in the fifth round. I mean, this might be the worst fifth round, worst fifth round pick in the league. Ugh, that was gross. I had to catch my tongue there. Uh, yeah. Going back to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, maybe he was drafted a little early. But I mean... He was drafted in the first round. 
uh, yeah, a little early. I wouldn't have drafted him in the first round. Like you said, second round or whatever, he's still the 13th ranked running back. Yeah, like, I, don't, he, I wouldn't call that the worst pick he's ever had. Like I told DJ, uh, them signing Le'Veon Bell has ensured that their um, backfield has had no fantasy value whatsoever because both of those players are complete dog shit. Now. Right. I was surprised. Last week when I was talking to DJ, I wanted to talk about how dog shit uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was. And I noticed he scored 20 points in Week 11 versus Las Vegas. I don't know how he did that, but um, even looking at his stats, he had 69 rush yards, um, two touchdowns somehow, uh, one reception for eight yards. So that's clearly a fluke. Well, yeah. Uh, I think uh, people just thought he was probably going to catch a lot more passes than he was than he did. I think that's about it. Right. Yeah. Terrible. Moving on. This matchup isn't worth talking about. Uh, let's talk about Brett Gleason versus Tim Lavalli. Yes, truly a matchup worth talking about. Truly. I mean, Brett's got this. I mean, Brett's going to destroy this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim's still starting DJ Moore, who's out. Out. I don't know why he's out, but last week when I talked about him, he was on a bye week. And I said he was his best player. Now he's out. So uh, let's see. Who's who's he got to start? Darius Slayton, maybe? It doesn't matter. He's fighting for 10th or 9th place. Right. It doesn't matter at all. Let's go back to my matchup. Me versus Charlie. Listen, I got Kyler Murray versus the Giants. Uh, come on. This guy's going to put on a spectacle. <laughs> this guy's going to throw it up. He's going he's gonna to toss it to DeAndre Hopkins like 1,800 times. It's going to be a fucking magical show. It's going to be amazing, Dave. 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 Do you hear me? Yeah. Amazing. Next, I got Nick Chubb versus Baltimore. Y'all think Baltimore is like... Everyone thinks they got a good run defense. Wait till Nick Chubb sees what they're doing, okay? Delvin Cook versus Tampa Bay? Please. Please. You're going over all these matchups, but I think your team has pretty terrible matchups, to be honest. Like you're Please. talking about them, like they're good. Nick Chubb versus Baltimore, not a good matchup. Devin Cook versus Tampa Bay, not a good good matchup, not a terrible matchup. James Conner versus Buffalo, not a good matchup. Listen, I know this all, but I'm ahead by 70 points. Right. I'm just saying if we're picking for the week, I would say it's pretty dead even. All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. It doesn't matter. I've already won this matchup. I'm ahead by 70 points. Let's talk about the Shaman versus the Count Ron Warner. I feel like we're going back over these. Didn't we already talk about them? Ron has no running back. Yeah, we did. Ron has no running back. We didn't really talk about the matchups, though. 
Derrick Henry versus Jacksonville, he might do good, but he might do bad. (laughs) (laughs) He might do bad. I think Derrick Henry is going to have a bad week. Whenever you have these perfect matchups like this, they always do bad. Is Is that a perfect matchup? It is a perfect matchup. Jacksonville's like number ranked 31 against the fucking run. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't entirely disagree. You have to have a a defense that's bad against the run, but they're competitive. They're a competitive team, and there's a chance that Jacksonville is not competitive this week. Yeah. Like Green Bay. Green Bay is my favorite team to have a running back against. They're like, I think top three worst run defenses, but they're obviously Green Bay. They're usually winning. So it's kind of like teams will still run the run the ball a down. One down every three or whatever. So your running back is just like 15 carries for like 80 yards and a touchdown. I guarantee. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another yeah. scenario, though, is that Tennessee just goes up 21 nothing and Derrick Henry runs 40 times to close out the game. That could happen, but I don't think that will happen. I think, I predict Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Henry will have a bad game. Bold prediction. I see both of our bold predictions involve Matt's roster. What was your bold prediction? Remind me. That DK Chase Metcalf Claypool. Zero. No, not no. That Chase Claypool will outscore DK Metcalf. I'm pretty sure you said DK Metcalf could easily have zero. I said he could have a zero point game. I don't know if I said it easily. Even if I did, what I meant was, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that DK Metcalf has like a sub five point game against the Jets. Yeah. Whereas I think it's more likely, like I said, if you ran the simulation a hundred times, I think Chase Claypool gets to 10 points more frequently than DK Metcalf does. So you're trying to like cover your base. No, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I said earlier. Yeah. And I mean, even then you're trying to like cover your bases. You're like in 10 games. Chase Claypool will outscore DK Metcalf, but in this one game, it's like one out of ten games, right? Well, I mean, there's always a chance that DK Metcalf just rips off like a 70-yard touchdown. What I'm saying is, there's like a real possibility that Russell Wilson doesn't even throw the ball ten times in the second half, right? Because they're up. You know what I mean? They're up yeah, by yeah, 40. Yeah. It's week 14. Like Russell Wilson, there's a chance that he might not even play the second half. There's a chance that DK Metcalf might not even play the second half. Right. I, I get what you're saying. I understand. I, I agree with you. I, I think that in the, the Jets actually have a solid secondary, yeah? No, I, to be honest, I couldn't tell you. I actually don't think the Jets are that bad. No, in I my, agree. In the grand scheme of things, I, I don't know how I feel about saying this, or I guess. 
I don't think the Jets are that much worse than anyone in the NFC East. Yeah, I'd agree with that. With like the Giants, Washington, Eagles. I really don't think the Jets are like that far below them. I think they've just had to... Like our division is actually good. We're talking shit about Patriots earlier, but they're still a six and well, they were a six and six team. Yeah, they're six and seven. I I completely agree. I I was watching the game last night and I thought that the Bills have the best division in the NFL. Like the the Dolphins are winning. They've won like five in a row, yeah. And the the Patriots have won like four out of their last five. Uh, four of the last six now, and uh, I was thinking the same thing. Like we have, we have probably the best division in the NFL. Uh, I'm not sure I'd say that. I mean, it's definitely in the running. I think there's a few divisions that are really close. The NFC West has the Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, and Niners. They're good. Yeah, that's a good team. That Earth division. The NFC South has the Saints, Bucks, Falcons, and Panthers. Even though the Falcons and Panthers are both four and eight, they're still I would say both Falcons and Panthers are as good as the Dolphins, if not close to it, even though they don't have the same record. They have to play harder teams. Like I think the Saints are better than the Bills. I think the Bucks are probably as good as the as good if not better than the Bills. Yeah. I was just saying one of the one of the back for sure divisions, yeah. There's, um, there's not too many divisions this year that have like a terrible team. There's like, it's just the AFC has like three terrible teams, like the Jets, the Bengals, and the Jags, and everyone else is like yeah, pretty bad, competitive. Um, I had something to say here. I forgot. Okay, what do you th- what do you think is the best player on the waivers right now? Uh, uh, the number one player is Harrison Butker, which was a DJ staple. I mean, any win that DJ has accumulated came from Harrison Butker, and he decided to drop him. Um, he is now on the waivers as the number one waiver pickup. What do, what do you think about that? The, the that the best player is a kicker. Mm-hmm. Um, Most projected points is Harrison Bucker. That's probably not true. There's there's QBs and stuff. I don't know what I was looking at. Uh, I guess players. I think the best person on the waiver. I don't fucking know Mike Williams. Maybe. Did no. Ron drop Williams? Yeah, I don't think our waivers are very good. I always kind of hate our waivers. I like our waivers to be more competitive. It feels like there's nobody ever on our waivers. Well, doesn't that make it competitive? No, it just means that people can like hoard more players, and I kind of want there to be like tougher decisions, you know? 
I like the bench spots selfishly because obviously it's easier to do the lineup. But I have a another league I play in where your bench is only like like four people or something like that compared to ours, which is what is it? Fuck that. Six. Six. And it's just it's harder. You have to make like okay, I'm okay with dropping this person. But everyone's just like that. You know what I mean? So all those the AJ Green on my team that I've been holding all year. Like, I could have just dropped him, you know what I mean? He's one of those players you just hang on to because of his name. Everyone has those players. T.Y. Hilton for me earlier in the year. Like, it's it's almost easier in a sense because you really, like, say, okay, I'm going to drop this player. I'm not going to need him. Uh, I don't think we'll ever do that because players like Ron and Andy and Brett and stuff like that need a bigger Me too. Team. But I think it's way more competitive to have a smaller bench, and I think funner, in my opinion, because waivers are so much more important. Uh, see, I don't like that at all. I are you in a twelve-player league? Yeah. Yeah. See, it makes more sense in a twelve-player league. In a ten-player league, I. I don't know. I, I don't think it's. You just have more options on the waivers. Like when, if some one of you guys is out, you can just. There's actually a bunch of people to pick on the waivers, and you can like make a decision on. Okay, I think this guy, based on his matchup, whatever the streaks you've been having, he's going to be good this week. Whereas our waivers is more like, eh, all these guys are shit. I guess I'll just pick this one guy. You know what I mean? And then you don't even end up starting that guy anyways because you have the players on your bench anyways. I, just, I think our system, although not like horrible, it's not like horrible. It just like it allows people to like hoard players. It allows people like Matt to have three tight ends on his team right now. You know what I'm saying? Not that that matters really, but it would force him to make a decision on tight ends, leaving more tight ends out there for like, you know, whoever needs a tight end that week, you have more options out there. I feel like I'm just explaining how more people get out there. I just think that it's it makes waivers more exciting when you have smaller benches. More important. Yeah, I mean, it It definitely would, but when you, I don't know. I, I play in a league like that where where there's only so many bench spots, and it's... <sighs> I don't know. It's hard, especially if you don't play an IR spot. Like, I'm I am for IR spots. By the way, I've whenever we vote for them, I vote for an IR spot. See, I don't like IR spots. I I'd rather have the extended bench. Well, see, I, I wouldn't. The IR spot, you already have the player on your team, so I think that you should be afforded the luxury of choosing to hold that one player for X amount of weeks, three, six, whatever it is. Whereas waivers is just kind of more like a. Here's my problem with the, that many um, waiver spots. When you have people on buy, like that fucks you over. So yeah, everyone's playing by the same rules. Yeah. But you could easily have the best team with, like, four waivers on one week. 
and that completely screws you over. Do you mean four buys in one week? See, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. It just it adds it adds to everything. So don't draft four guys with waivers on the same week. But if those are the best players, like why shouldn't you draft those players? I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying if you're not willing to like sack a game. And when you have those, if you have four guys on the waivers, you have four bench spots. So you have to pick up replacements and drop other people. Therefore, there's more people on the waivers. How many, how many of us could just drop? I bet you the entire league could just drop their bench. And half of them wouldn't get picked up. So that's what I'm saying. I feel like the extended bench allows everyone in the league to be more attached to these like trash players that don't really need to be on a team. And they're just hoarding these players and everyone else doesn't get to to pick from them and play with them. You know what I'm saying? I think the, the bigger right. bench has, it's easier to have a mentality of where you just like, these are my 12 guys. It's easier to create Rons who don't know about anyone else, know about anything else going on in the league. Cause he focuses on his, on his 12, whatever, 14 players. And he doesn't need to be more involved. So I feel like wide receivers. Yeah. Having a smaller bench forces a lot of different things. It forces you to be more interactive, which, like I said, I don't think would bode well for Ron and Andy and, and all that stuff. But I think that it makes for a better league. I I still disagree. I think you should be able to have a bench spot for every player that you need to replace. If that makes sense. Yeah, but you were just talking about four people on by. You're right, you could, it was. That, that we, is we have scenario. one, two, three, four, one five, One scenario six. is that, you know, one of your players goes out on injury, okay? You want to be able to replace that player, right? Like, you want to be able to plan ahead. Like, I think planning ahead is one of the biggest factors in the league. If you can't really plan ahead, and you can't really plan ahead with a three-person bench, you can't plan ahead with that. I think planning ahead is one of the biggest strategies in the game. I mean, I'm not talking about eliminating the bench entirely. I'm just saying you'd still have a bench. You could still have backups on the bench. I'm just saying it forces you to make tougher decisions instead of allowing you to hoard. Like yeah, but if, look if, look if, if you have a three-player three bench, you can't really plan for injuries. You you only have three backups, and you most likely have to drop two of them every week. Okay, well, hold on. Follow me here. If you have three people on your bench, right, and they're a running yeah. back, wide receiver, and a running back, if one of your players gets hurt, you're picking from one of those three people, correct? If you have a yeah. six person if you have a six person bench, don't you think that the three people that you would pick from to replace that guy, they would already be on there. And then you'd have three extra guys who you're not really gonna pick from. It's kinda like, oh, I have a backup tight end, an extra defense, and another wide receiver. But you still have the three better guys sitting there. So you're going to pick one of those three guys anyways. All I'm saying is the smaller bench eliminates those three garbage players that you're not going to play. I bet you if you went through everyone's team, there's been people sitting on benches all year that haven't been played. 
that yeah. have just sat there and rotated through everyone's bench that have never been played. Zach Moss. I have David Moore right here. All I'm saying is it forces people's hands into dropping players, therefore having more people on waivers, therefore being able to plan more. I think the I don't think it takes planning out of the equation. I think it just takes a safety net out of the equation. I think it makes planning uh, like more important. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you, but I, I don't think I'd want that, to be honest. I don't think our league would want that as well. I'm just saying my opinion, that's all. Okay. 20 minutes later, here we are. I mean, you explained your position, and I don't think you've wasted time at all. Yeah, I suppose whoever's going to listen to this is going to listen to it, regardless of how long it is. I mean, I hear your point. I, I, I get what you're saying. I just don't agree with it. Fair enough. What do you think about DJ versus Andy? I think DJ's team is trash garbage. I agree. Andy's got this. What do you yeah. think about what do you think about Brett's team versus Tim's team? I think who gives a fuck? They're in ninth and tenth place. I mean, these these teams will potentially face you in the playoffs, in the toilet bowl. What are you talking about? I'm winning. I'm in fifth place. If I win this week, I'm gonna be fighting for fifth place. The best those teams can do is is seventh. You said if. I'm I'm winning already. I'm like I'm I'm the favorite to win at the moment. Okay. We we've sidetracked so far off this podcast. We're talking about this year in the fantasy football league. Uh-huh. What if you lose? What do you think about Brett's team versus fucking Tim's team? I don't care. I'll I'll beat both of them. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter to me i've even though you guys shit on my low scoring team all the whole year i've scored 200 more points than than tim and 300 more points than brett this year i feel pretty confident that i would be able to take one of them in in the fight for seventh place or sixth place seventh place seventh place all right, what about Andy, though? Andy's team would be a little more tough. He's obviously had good weeks, but I think Andy's team is inconsistent. Andy's team is in first place in the toilet bowl. Andy's team is not in first place in the toilet bowl. Andy's about to beat DJ to fight for first place in the, in the toilet bowl. Aren't you in a lower tier than him? No, it's me and Ryan for fifth and sixth. DJ versus Andy for seventh and eighth, and Ron versus Tim for ninth and tenth. Oh my God! Even Excuse though you said I, I won me. like I won like two games and I was in ninth place, I'm in fifth place, tied oh. with four people. Yeah, but what about an auction draft? Uh, it, we we would all have this if we all had the same teams. I would have just in the fucking fifth place. <laughs> I was just kidding. I was just kidding. That was a troll. That was a troll. Okay, so do you think it's going to be you versus Andy in the finals? In the football finals, yeah. I think it's going to be me versus Andy, and I think it's going to be you versus Matt. 
Um, As it should be, for the record, even though you've been nothing but rude this entire podcast. I think... (laughs) What? I think the only two people in the playoffs worth having a playoff team were you and and, uh, Matt. I think Ron was good for a while, but his lack of lack of focus and wavering you see the result this team peters out at the end of the year yeah i mean let's talk about ron's team for a minute his team really shit the bed and you're trying to go to bed huh aren't you trying to go to bed Uh, not if we're actually talking about fantasy football we were talking about fantasy football shut the fuck up bro (laughs) shut the front door okay i'll tell you where ron went wrong yeah first tell me. For, first and foremost the dude needs to start playing waivers we have two competitive a league between me you matt ryan andy i'll give andy some credit he does the waivers charlie does the waivers tim does the waivers you can't fucking not do waivers and expect to have a good team fantasy football just doesn't work like that people get hurt people have flows you know, ups and downs. You can't just draft a team and expect them to score 180 points every single week. It just doesn't work like that. Second of all, even though you defend that trade, he started being terrible when he tr- when he made that garbage trade with you and dra- and got Mike Evans and fucking who else? The guy he doesn't even have him on his team anymore. Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Yeah, he does. Oh, he does have him on the team. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible idea. Worst trade all time. It doesn't I, help that, Mar- that Alvin Kamara has been bad since that trade, but even even still. Just, I disagree. Ron's team is I know not you disagree. bad. I don't care. You fucking told us all about the trade. I'm just telling you where I I'm think not Ron- talking about the trade. I'm talking about Ron's team. I'm talking about Ron shouldn't have made waiver pickups. Because Ron team, Ron's team is so much better than waiver pickups. He should have been making trades all year. He should have been making trades with everybody. Okay. He, he could have gotten a running back. Um, no, totally fair. I agree. I do agree with that. He should have been making – okay, he should have been more active. You can't not be active in this league and win. It's right. just never going to happen. You can't not make waivers and not make trades – you can't have your same team as the draft and expect to win. I know Ron made one trade. So, I mean, we're shitting on him basically for this one trade and telling him to make more trades just so we can shit on him more. But realistically. Look at his bench. I mean, his bench is way better than everyone else's bench. For sure. I like agree. He, he should have been training for a running back. He could have traded any number of his players on his bench for a running back. I mean, look, at, look at Ryan's team. Ryan's team has 19 running backs. He could have easily traded Ryan a wide receiver for a running back. And they right. both would have been better off for it. Exactly. Exactly. Ron, Ron could have been making trades all year, and he didn't. Um, I think that's where he went wrong. I don't, I don't know that the waiver wire could have helped Ron. I'll, I'll see that and just say activity he should have been you need to be more active in general yeah waiver slash trades i agree i agree with that 100 percent. so going back to my point this playoffs was for the last like two three weeks has always come down to you and matt 
even if me and Ryan or Andy or whatever were in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. It, w- it would have most likely been you and you versus Matt in the finals this year. Do you think Matt's going to win the whole thing? I have no idea. This year's crazy. I think neither of you have amazing teams. If you look at like the big picture with like, you know, all of the rest of the seasons, all the rest of the seasons, the person who won went like 11 and one, you know what I'm saying? And both of you have off weeks. I think Matt's team has bigger hitters than yours though. Yeah, I'd agree. I think I think Matt's team is more consistent than mine. Uh, like Matt has like four players that could score like thirty-five points, and you'd be like, "Yeah, that's normal." Yeah, I'm really hoping Ron uh, beats Matt this week. That would be nice for you. It would be. All right. Anything else to say, Dave? Uh, Google auction draft. No one wants auction draft. Anything else to say, Dave? Um. Yeah, start putting some respect on my name. No one's gonna respect your name until you start winning. Anything? What are you talking about? I was until I start winning. (laughs) I was in the finals like the last three years. You've had a couple good weeks. (laughs) Yeah, like the last hundred (laughs) and sixty. 160 weeks? Yeah, That's the last 10 seasons. 10 seasons. No, 100. That's three years. That's all 160 weeks is three seasons? Yeah, I'm counting like the whole year. You know what I'm saying? 52 weeks in a year. I'm counting the whole year. Okay, you're counting 17 weeks instead of 16 weeks. That equals... uh. Ten seasons. No, 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 I'm counting the whole. I year. think instead of three seasons, that equals ten seasons. Sure. Yep. Let's go with that. I mean, you're the one that said it. Yeah. And even still, my first round draft pick went out, and I still went seven and five. You guys shit talking me the whole year. Um. So we can all agree that Dave shit this year. Um. Anything else to say, Dave? Uh, I hope you fucking lose now. I hope you fucking lose to Charlie this week. I hope Charlie scores 300 points on you this week. My God. <laughs> My God, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, I hope it does. <sighs> All right. Signing off. This has been Zach. This has been Dave. Uh, Dave, anything to say? No, you said my name for me. Goodbye. I love you, bro. Mm-hmm. Wow, really? Really? Could you just not say it back because we're on a podcast? It'd be a tough